It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps, a podcast for you, the players, supporters and the hard-working volunteers that make a glorious game from the lowest to the highest levels in the UK and beyond. We at Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps have now teamed up with Derbyshire County Cricket Club to promote cricket at all levels across the county and wider regions. I'm Rick, I'm here with Ian, Richard and Neil as we take you on a journey around our home here at Winslow Cricket Club in Burn-on-Trent. On this podcast, we'll keep you updated on all the goings-on here at Winslow Cricket Club, and we will also be answering all your questions and inviting you, the listener, to send in all your stories from around the cricketing world. We will, of course, have a special guest coming with their view from Cow Corner with all their stories, ideals and anecdotes. So, let's get started and bring you up to date with the goings-on at Winslow Cricket Club, the little club with a big personality. Welcome to Stump Sumps and Beer Pumps. This episode features Toby Tarrant in Cow Corner, and I think Neil's going to give us a few of his stats for Stoke Dabanon, I think it is. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Uh, it'd be very lazy of me just to say he's the son of Chris, so let's look at a few of his stats then. Uh, full name, Tobias Charles Tarrant is the son of Chris. Is he? Oh, yeah, that's what I've done. That's a good joke now. No, no. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Terry plays a club cricket at Stoke Dabanon in Surrey. It's We've sa- already said that. Yeah, it sounds a bit French, but I don't know if it is. Uh, with 249 play cricket wickets with a best of 5 for 18 against Cranley. 498 play cricket runs with a best of 29 not out. One wicket and a couple of runs off a few milestones there. Not a lot of catches with 35. He must spend a lot of time down fine leg. Looking at this. Yeah, he's not a batsman by the sounds of it either. 500 no. runs in 18 years, did he say? It's a few years, I think. Yeah. Not a batsman, but uh, some good bowling stats decent, there. Decent bowler, yeah. By, yeah, by not bad counts. at all. Not bad at all. So we'll go over now to Cow Corner and live out with Toby Tarrant. Stumps, bumps and beer bumps. Hello, son. How did the game go? It was OK, but I broke my back. Can I get a new one? You've done what? Broke your bat? Oh, that's just great. How am I going to afford to get a new one now? 
I just haven't got that kind of money. Why don't you try village cricket? Village, village who? Village cricket. They have a range of bats and they are a fraction of the price of other brands. Very good bats as well. Some from our club have got their bats. Very good quality and very good prices. And they don't just do bats, they do all the equipment you need, all for the same great price. Well, that sounds great. I'll have to have a look. Sounds just what I need. Thanks. The Village Cricket Company stock a wide range of cricket equipment for every age group, all without the usual high price tag. Visit them now on www.villagecricket.co and on checkout use promotion Stumps10 for a further 10% discount. The 10% discount only applies to the product purchase and not the shipping charge, which is a standard £5 per order. VillageCricket.co aim to dispatch all orders within 24 hours, so you should receive your order within two to three working days. For more information, visit www.VillageCricket.co. This promotion expires 30th of September 2023. Visit VillageCricket.co for all your cricketing needs. VillageCricket.co Welcome back to Cow Corner with me, Ian Livo. And joining us today is a guest with quite an interesting CV. He's a club cricket player who's played for his club for 18-ish years. He made his first 11 debut before the age of 16, his league debut the following season. And he made his radio debut, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, around the age of 23. So it's slightly different for our normal guests. He's also a winner of an episode of Pointless Celebrities. We've never had one of them on. And he is a fellow Liverpool fan, so sorry, Mars. But most importantly, the bloke who holds together one of our fellow Sports Social Podcast Network shows. Welcome to our pod, Toby Tarrant. How are we, Toby? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Thank you very much. I have to admit, I didn't know about, I couldn't remember when I made my debut for Stoke Ones or when I started playing for them or any of that. Uh, but I do want to mention I'm also a Richard Osman House of Games trophy winner. As well, that's actually even more important these days. Well, exactly. That's that's a five day. That, that means I, I proved it was a test match. It's I the proved, test match equivalent. I proved my worth over five days. So yes, yeah, so I, I, I do want to. You know, pointless. You know, that's that's a that's a it's pointless. T, that's a T twenty. That's a T twenty. Yeah, it is most anyway, lovely. Lovely to be here. It's great. Hey, so let's get the elephant in the room out there. It's been two years and more than a hundred episodes now of your Zero Ducks Given podcast. How on earth do you put up with the crap Norcross and Finney constantly give you about the standard of your cricket? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with Stephen Finn about the standard of my cricket because... Oh, I'll, uh, I'll come to... I'll argue it for you, don't worry. Uh, well, please do, because I've run out of any ammunition to fire back at him. But uh, but how Norcross wades in... Do you know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've only seen Norcross bat once. We did an indoor sort of an indoor charity event and uh, uh-huh. it was it was great it was uh, it was uh, sort of Lord's Taverners do I think and uh, he went into I, I thought I was captain I thought right Norcross he keeps telling me about how he's been this club pro for years yeah now he was captain for 45 years or whatever and uh, he got a golden duck in the first game cleaned up and he got a two ball duck in the second game so how he ever wades in on anything um, but Stephen Finn uh, he uh, he is he was quite good, and uh, he probably <laughs> I, I've been threatening to have a net with him for about two years, but I yeah. keep managed to duck, duck out of it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, he's quite a hard one to argue with. But if you've got anything, yeah, to, we'll, to we'll, him. we'll we'll definitely come back to that a little bit later because I'm sure we can force an argument down there that you'll enjoy throwing back to them. I did notice you did say he was quite good. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, as if you've ever listened to Zero Dots Given, I, I constantly remind him of the fact that uh, you know he's 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 a washed up has been. He's uh, he's past it. Uh, frankly, even at his peak, it was a short lived thing. So um, you know, he the his biggest contribution to cricket really is that he actually had a law changed that because he kept falling over and flicking the bail when he bowled batsmen out and they actually yeah. changed the law because of him on that. But other than that, you know, blinking you miss his career, really. <laughs> In the meantime, let's just get started, Toby, by you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your, I'm going to say early life, it sounds all sort of dead cheesy, but more importantly, how you got involved in cricket, you know, who got you involved, you know, for you guys, I'm sure it's a bit of a family thing, but you know, how's, how's that all got going? Yeah, I won't do, do you know, I, I always, when I read sports, because I only read sports autobiographies, basically, Snap. and just, you're so right, the, the, the first few chapters, you know, I'll be reading, you know, Tyson Fury's autobiography, or whoever, Stephen Gerrard, you name it, and they always start with, I grew up here, and uh, on this road, and I went to this school, and I'm yeah. going, I, I, I don't care, yeah. <laughs> like, you've won the Champions League, let's get to that bit, yeah. uh, so I, I won't go all the way back to my conception, but... Uh, I certainly don't want to hear that. That's <laughs> a very different podcast. Um, but cricket, so I, uh, I I was relatively late to it. So I I, wanted, I was obsessed with football as a kid. I still am, but mm -hmm. all I cared about was football. Any other sport was a waste of time. I was football, football, football. But I was rubbish at it. I was desperate to be this sort of, in my mind, I was this sort of, because I'm six foot five now, I was this tall, yeah. sort of beautiful Zlatan Ibrahimovic striker. Uh -huh. And actually I was pretty rubbish at it. And I was sort of, scoring some goals in sort of the under 10 Bs or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and it was actually when I changed school around, I was around about 10 years old. I went to a different school where everyone had to play cricket in the summer. Mm. And uh, I just remember the first ever net session. I didn't know any of the rules, but I knew that my dad loved cricket and he was buzzing that I was going to play a bit of cricket. I bet. And uh, first net session, I picked up a ball and uh, it vaguely went in the direction that I was aiming it. Uh, and I went from there. I, I, I was like, do you know what? I actually... I'm half decent at this. So my my mm. love for cricket came at actually being a good school cricketer. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I fell in love with the sport. I started watching England more and following mm. it on the TV. I, I I grew up in a house where it was always on. Yeah. My, grand, my granddad and my dad always had it on. They had the radio on and whatever. Mm. Um, but I, it was background noise to me. And then once I started to understand it, um, I just fell in love with it, and you know now it's now it's I just couldn't love it anymore. Really, it's part of life for for you. Full stop, isn't it? Yeah, I always think cricket, it's sort of, um, it's it's a little bit of a cult, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I, I, I... That was way, cult, by the way. Yes, exactly, yeah. I mean, I know you make some Man United fan, but that would have been harsh. But, Absolutely. Uh, no, but no, I uh, I always think that with, you know, it's a weird one. It's a bit like, I always think, I always compare it to, you know, I work in, work in music and for a radio station. When mm -hmm. I discover a band I love, and initially, I'm really pleased to see when they're suddenly playing, you know, Shepherd's Bush or Hammersmith Apollo or the Palladium, whatever. And then actually, I get there on the night and I'm like, oh, I quite liked it when I was the only person that knew this band. And I find that with cricket now, like people slag off cricket that don't get it and they call it boring. And I'm fine with that. Like, I like it being our sort of secret society. People that don't like cricket, they are missing out, right? Yeah. But I don't want them. Do you know what? I'd, I'd rather it. Football, rugby, at certain points of the year, everybody's watching it. Cricket mm -hmm. is a little cult. And I love it so much. And I don't want it being sexy. I love it the way it is, to be honest. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And you're a big lover of not just test matches, but all the way down to your club. You know, And club cricket for you is first and foremost, isn't it? Week in, week out. 
yeah, it's uh, it's I probably takes up too much headspace in the summer at times for me and all my my teammates as well. But I absolutely adore it. There are times where it feels like more of a job than a hobby. When that's you know certainly last season, which uh, we'll come to, but yeah. we had a bit we had a tough tough year last year, and uh, you find yourself thinking about it all week and you're a bit down and stuff. And I'm going, I'm not even getting paid here. I'm I'm, I'm paying a tenner. I'm telling you're paying for the privilege of feeling crap. <laughs> exactly. I wake up on a Sunday. I can barely walk. I've paid a tenner. I'm hung over because we've had about 15 pints in the clubhouse afterwards. Um, and then sure enough, come Wednesday nets and then come Friday night. I can't wait for Saturday to do it all over again. It's a, it's a weird relationship. So I've got to ask the question then we're recording this in mid February. Have you started indoor nets for the season? Yeah, we have. We've done. We've done a few. They're on Tuesday nights. So, uh, break, uh, very wisely, our captain. We had Tuesday off. It was Valentine's Day. And, uh, <laughs> we, we, as you will well know, all of our first eleven cricketers, we have very, very lovely and very, very understanding, much, much better halves, who, except for eighteen Saturdays a year, I'll disappear about nine o'clock in the morning and come back about two o'clock in the morning, levered. Yeah. Um, and so. It's an even harder sell in the middle of February. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, most definitely. So we, we had Tuesday off for Valentine's Day. But yeah, nets are underway. And actually, just before this podcast, I've uh, I've just come back. Well, actually, we, we can mention the fact that I was locked out the flat. We started a bit late because... Uh, I wasn't going to mention that. No, 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 I've got no secrets. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're, there's about eight of us from the first team doing a half marathon in March because, uh, well, we all got we got relegated last season. We were a bit crap, so we've decided to uh, to try and actually get the fitness levels up a bit this year. So eight of us are doing a half marathon, so I ran about 15Ks before this podcast and then got locked out of the flat. So, uh, so yeah. So Good cricket, effort. So February, cricket season already on the horizon and uh, can't come soon enough. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're about 10 weeks away from the start of our season. It's a 22-week season for us. Is it? Uh, yeah. So it's a little bit. But as I always describe, it's 22 weeks, but there's 30 weeks without it. So yeah, on exactly. the balance of things, it's it's <laughs> not quite as bad. Um, yeah, How's that first few sessions felt for you then, Bowling? Uh, so I was rubbish last year. So, uh, so last year I had seven weddings, including my own, and pretty much all of those weddings came with stag dues attached as well. So I think I played Ooh. the least amount of cricket I've ever played. And we, we were in Surrey Div 1 last year with some serious teams, Cranley, Guildford, you know, yeah. people, that, people that can afford to pay players, which blows my mind. And you don't uh, pay players at all at your place? No, we, we, we have one overseas every year who we basically give accommodation and they do coaching. So they earn their money by doing coaching, which I think is a really good system. Yeah. But we, we refuse to, to pay any players, which is a sort of club ethos that I, I love. And we try, we've, got, we've got a huge number of cults and uh, it's a real community club. So we try and just always promote from within, basically, which, is, which I love and I wouldn't have any other way. There are times when you're watching the Guildford overseas who's playing in the Big Bash uh, score 120 not out against you. You're going, ah, it would be quite nice to have one of those but, just, um, just every now and again yeah every now and then uh but yeah i was rubbish I, I, I wouldn't play for four weeks the next thing i know i'm still at the top of my mark with a brand new nut bowling at a guy who bats in the big bash and uh, oh. yeah, he'd he won that battle i do you know what i beat him on the outside edge about the fifth ball of the game i thought oh, he's not so good yeah. uh, and then i don't think he played a full shot for for the rest of the day they beat us i think by 10 or nine wickets that day yeah and we'd set a score we'd set like 240 so stumps bumps and beer bumps looking at your stats your club has got more stats going back historically than any other club i can categorically say i've found so far oh, it's amazing that is gonna make so every so there is a legend of a man who i'll give a shout out and i'm sure he's going to listen to this called uh-huh. ralphie ralph coleman at stoke dabbing you know every cricket club will know you need a few blokes who are the absolute 
backbone of the cricket yeah. club you know um you know men and women are just so important and you you notice that if even one of them disappeared the whole club would fall apart ralphie coleman is the absolute you know is he's, he's where we build our home is on ralphie coleman so he many years ago as soon as play cricket got up and running he basically we had every single old scorebook since the club had pretty much formed somewhere That's incredible and he's pretty much put them all digital and online so it's amazing so uh, yeah, so Ralphie Coleman, but yeah, I just want to give a shout out to, we all know that person at your cricket yeah. club who it would fall apart without them. Ours is Ralphie, but I'm sure your club's got one and uh, yeah, God love those people. It's a standing joke between me and the lads on the pod that, you know, this pre-play cricket lark, it's just 20 years worth there now, which is great. Mm. But even talking to a couple of the goats from various clubs we've spoken to, you'll say, you know, you've got 800 wickets. I'm just going, no, no, we've actually got 12, 13, maybe even 1,400 wickets. And it is a shame that all clubs haven't got that information. So when I came across yours, it was it was phenomenal to see it. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate to say it, but I'm going to use it as a bit of a sort of an icon for one or two people say, that's how it really should look. Because yeah. if you've got those scorebooks, it does take time and it does take effort. But do you know what? How good does it feel to have all that information on there? Yeah, uh, and you, absolutely. You, you guys have got a couple of goats at your place. Uh, you know, you've got a couple of goats in Roy Johns. Oh, I was just about to mention Roy Johns. He, he played for the club for over 50 years, playing in... in, in 1,500 plus wickets. But yeah, 1,500 plus wickets. He played for 50 years, men's cricket for 50 years. He was still wow. bowling in Sunday 11 at the age of about 72, I think. And taking yeah. wickets. And taking wickets and with a silly point and a short leg bowling nine miles an hour. You bloody love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I my, my good mate Andy was one of my best men at my wedding. Uh, I remember Roy putting him in at silly point bowling nine miles an hour in a Sunday 11 game. We were honestly about 13 years old. Wouldn't happen now with health and safety, right? Roy's yeah. going, Andy, go in there for me, mate. And Andy's going, I'll be honest, Roy, I don't know if you're going to get too many catches at silly point. And he's like, no, nah, get in there nice and tight. He's like, should I go get some pads or a helmet? So Roy's like, no, 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 nice in tight, mate. Two balls later, Roy bowls a floaty half volley outside off stump, but this bloke swats a cover drive into Andy's shin. I've never seen anything more painful in my life. Um, and uh, much to my amusement. And uh, so Andy goes off, ices it up, and he comes back out. And Roy goes, get back in there, Andy. Oh. Nice and <laughs> so yeah, Roy, Roy John's an absolute legend. I mean, I don't know what my total wickets is on, but I've got another 40 years to go to catch up with him, I think. You're on 249. 249, right. So I've only got to get one wicket this year and then I can retire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, or you're going to set yourself the 500 target then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps, baby exactly, steps. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You say you had a crap year last year as a, as a club, not just yourself. Um, you had a decent year getting married, obviously. But you know, it just put pay to a lot of your cricket. What was different apart from the qualities last year for the club? Uh, we did struggle with availability last year. Do you know what's beautiful about the first eleven, and probably the reason that you know I've never even thought about not playing every summer is we've got a core of about seven, eight, nine, ten guys, all around my age, thirty-one, who have all been playing in men's cricket for about thirteen, fourteen years. Yeah. And so last year, the problem with that was we were all, especially after COVID and so many delayed weddings, <sighs> right in that age wheelhouse. Yeah. So we really struggled to get our, our full first 11 out at times last year. Um, but also it was a really tough league. I mean, you know, we, mm -hmm. like I say, we, we're not paying players. We, we, we got promoted four times in a row. Yeah, you've done some really good years. Which was unbelievable. Um, with, to not pay players and go get promoted four years in a row, I think it's a real beautiful testament to sort of the, the way that the club set up. Mm. Um, and we stayed up by the skin of our teeth in the first year in Div 1. And then last year, mm. uh, we, we went down last game of the season. So 
um, the plan is to hopefully go straight back up. But uh, I have to say, because I was dropping in and out of the team so much, I think everyone is looking forward to a season where hopefully we'll win some games of cricket because I would, I would go missing for four weeks and come back. And yeah. people are, you know, we're normally, we play with a smile on our face. It's always been our best asset, I think. And uh, yeah. Just a bit more needle when people were misfielding and dropping catches and a bit, okay. more, t- a bit more tension. And uh, and I just thought, you know what, maybe we could do with a season in Div 2 and uh, remember what winning a game of cricket looks like. But uh, and yeah. from your own perspective, you know, you've gone from five to four all the way to one over the last few years. Can you now really start to feel that difference in that quality? I, I would say, like, I noticed I didn't... Five, four and three to me were identical. Could be the same. I, I agree totally. Completely. I think I think what you get at five, four and three is a lot of clubs where players aren't really moving to clubs because they want to play a high standard of cricket. It's just they played for that club their whole lives. They love it there. So you could be in Div 5 and bowling at a guy who's class because, well, that's his club. He lives 10 minutes down the road. He always has done. His mates play for the club. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Um, I found Div 2 was the first time. I, do you know what I noticed? I used to find bowling, get through the first four or five. And then six to 11, you could basically take your pick. They're all yeah. about the same. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, you know, Div 2, I noticed seven and eight could bat. And the other thing we used to do a lot of was, look, get through the first bowlers. The change bowlers always rubbish. They might have a spinner. Yeah. And as we got up to Div 2, you're going, oh, actually, this change bowler's bowling decent line and length here as well. And oh, they've yeah. got two spinners. So, yeah. So I just noticed the depth of quality as we got to about Div 2. And then Div 1, it's Div 1 is where, when once you start getting some of these really big teams in, you know, I mean, you're one step away from the Prem there. The Surrey Prem standard is ridiculous. Strong. Yeah, really strong. You know, the people there playing county and going on to play for England and all sorts. So I know a Div 1, there's a few more real superstars in the league where, you know, you just look at these guys and, uh, and I mean, there was one guy, Zach Elkin, uh, who played for Malden Wanderers against us two years ago when we stayed up. They they got promoted to the Prem in the end. I think he captains like Western Province or something in South Africa. Okay. So I've I've been bowling the best I've bowled all season. I've, I was really up for it. I said, this guy's meant to be amazing. He'd scored silly amount of runs in the league. So I'm bowling really nicely at him and he's defending me. He's leaving me. He plays and misses at a couple. And I'm thinking, here we go. Yeah, on, yeah on, on, on nine, eventually I get to play a false shot and he throws his hands at one he shouldn't do. And it goes straight to my mate Will at Gully and he drops it. Uh, How many did he score? Well, he was on nine at the time. Went through Will for four runs, 13. I think he got 146. <laughs> and uh, I, I I, think I bowled something like nine overs, two for 20 and 10 overs, two for 45. Okay. Because <laughs> Zach Elgin decided to slog it. into a tennis court twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm having it. I haven't so- been slog swept many times. I'm not rapid, but... Six foot five, I can get it down there just about. I haven't been slog swept for a hundred meter six many times, but yeah, I mean, goes like that. You know, it is fun testing yourself. Yeah. But in Div One, I just found there was a few where you're like, look, this this bloke's just better than us. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it just wonderful though that it doesn't matter whether it's Toby Tarrant bowling Zach in Div One, or whether it's Steve Finn, just to pick a name off the top of my head, bowling in a county game against X Y Z. And somebody decides to take him apart. It happens at all levels of cricket. It just happens. It's just it, you don't see it in football, don't see it in rugby, but cricket. Yeah, it just seems that that can happen at any level, basically, can't it? Yeah, it's uh, you know that's one. I, I mean, we'll never be able to hit the ball as far or as beautifully and, and bowl as quickly and swing the ball as much as the pros. But I always think, and golf's a bit like this as well. You exactly. can want, you can once in a blue moon do something that even a pro cricketer would be yeah. happy with. So you can 
bowl that ball that, I mean, not often, but that swings in and nips away and it's the top of off stump. You can have that magic moment. I think the same in golf. Every now and then you do a shot where you're like a pro would rip your hand off for that. Yeah. Um, and I do like that. I do like that element of, um, of you know, every, you can actually produce some genuinely brilliant moments of cricket and it's beautiful. Exactly. It? Now, that's, what you, that's what you play the game for, isn't it? Those two or three it moments is. a season. It is, and we, we, it's interesting the way you describe the the difference between Div 5 and up to Div 1. I, I, I look at it in a very similar fashion, and what I'd add to it is when you get to Div 1, the bowlers you're up against when you're batting, they're the bowlers who are putting in the right place four or five times right out of six. Yeah. Whereas you know in Div 5, they're probably only doing it two or three times. Yeah. Um, and in the conversations we've had with some of the Derbyshire lads, that you know, they're used to it five or six times. Mm. Um, you know, Mickey Arthur expects it to be six out of six, but you know, if if George Scrimshaw or Sam Connors is putting on the spot five out of six, happy day. You ain't going to get that even at Div One, and it just the further down you go, that's where the why the runs come, isn't it? Half the time, yeah, completely. That that was our whole ethos when we were sort of going up through the leagues was look, you're going to get two crap balls and over, put them away and back yourself when you do get them, and uh, and we suddenly found in Div One, not many of these crap balls lying around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Definitely. Oh, that's when we're missing those crap balls. That used to be their bread and butter. So yeah, um, but it is look. I'd, I'd you know sometimes on the in the middle of the pitch, maybe it's not in the middle of the game. It's not much fun bowling at some of these guys. Mm. But when you have a beer in the clubhouse afterwards, we're all going. Blimey, that guy could bat. It's or that guy could that yeah. guy was rapid or that bloke turned it sideways. It's fun testing yourself against those guys. Definitely. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. Hello, son. How did the game go? It was okay, but I broke my bat. Can I get a new one? You've done what? Broke your bat? Oh, that's just great. How am I going to afford to get a new one now? I just haven't got that kind of money. Why don't you try village cricket? Village village who? Village cricket. They have a range of bats and they are a fraction of the price of other brands. Very good bats as well. Some from our club have got their bats. Very good quality and very good prices. And they don't just do bats. They do all the equipment you need, all for the same great price. Well, that sounds great. I'll have to have a look. Sounds just what I need. Thanks. The Village Cricket Company stock a wide range of cricket equipment for every age group, all without the usual high price tag. Visit them now on www.villagecricket.co and on checkout use promotion STUMPS10 for a further 10% discount. The 10% discount only applies to the product purchase and not the shipping charge, which is a standard £5 per order. VillageCricket.co aim to dispatch all orders within 24 hours, so you should receive your order within two to three working days. For more information, visit www.VillageCricket.co. This promotion expires 30th of September 2023. Visit VillageCricket.co for all your cricketing needs. VillageCricket.co Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Over the years, you spent most of your time as an opening bowler, I think, haven't you? Not surprised at six foot five, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you sort of did you find last year? It was the rhythm more than anything by being out and not training. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, I just find bowling works muscles that nothing else. I mean, every club cricketer will tell you <laughs> that first winter net session, the day yeah. after, it's nothing like it. And I do a bit of exercise and keep relatively fit in the winter, but you're not working those muscles ever. I don't think there's a machine designed in the world in the gym yeah. that recreates bowling <laughs> 10 overs, you know. Um, so I just found I just found I was bowling slowly and forcing it at the crease. And then, you know, because you, you're bowling against Cranley or Guildford, you don't get time to, you know, like some, you know, some some batsmen you can sort of settle in for two overs and and, yeah. get, and, and find your rhythm. But I think against Cranley, I bowled the first like over and a bit. And I was like, don't feel great here, but I'm getting away with it. And then after mm-hmm. about nine, 10 balls, the bloke had seen enough and then put me in the car park. And then he just kept putting me in the car park. So, yeah, I just found you've got a bowl. Batsmen have got it so easy. Oh, as long as, <laughs> Honestly, as long as, because there's so many moving parts as a bowler. Honestly, think, as long as you've got a bit of hand-eye coordination, I find the batsmen in winter nets, their feet are a bit stiff at the start. Yeah. But within two or three weeks, that sort of comes back. Ask bowlers, it's, you got, it, it's a nightmare. So many moving parts. And yeah, uh, yeah the you only never, one. You never hear of a batsman with a, uh, with a, a batter with a stress fracture in the back, do you? No, you never hear a batsman wake up the day after winter nets going, oh, I can barely walk today. Okay, well, yeah, it must've been tough. And whilst we're here, bowling machines. Oh, I'd put them in room 101. What a load of rubbish. <laughs> I watched all our batsmen all winter set the bowling machine to a nice like 65 mile an hour non-swinging half volley. And they sit there just pure in cover drives. Yeah. Then we get to, you know, first week of May and the first league game of the season. On a green one. They, they all snick off. I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's, it's not, 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 not as easy when you know don't know exactly where the ball's going to go. Exactly, exactly. We need something for our ego. I don't know what it is. You know, like 10 foot wide stumps or something that we can bowl out for our ego because oh, the bowling machine's ridiculous. Ah, you see, this is where I put my coach's hat on. Yeah. And there is the easy one. I have two sets of stumps to bowl at. Yeah. Now make the, that makes it more difficult for the batter, I tell you. <laughs> I bet it does. Yeah. yeah. That's what we, but but it, it it does encourage them to get that foot across and get a. They've got to do it then, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's one of the things I do with our juniors, and it oh. just makes makes a little bit. Of, it's it's a challenge, um, and especially with the junior, who still can't hit six stumps. Um, but <laughs> but actually, it does mean the batters do really go at it then. Well, the batsmen at my club struggle enough with three stumps, so baby steps. Maybe I'll start with four stumps. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, being a coach and having watched so many coaching sessions with so many other people around the last couple of years, you pick up on all these little ones. You thought, I like that one, six stumps. That 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 does work definitely. Yeah, uh, but it's it, it it it's each to their own. I think with bowlers, it is that it's interesting when we talk to bowlers. It's either repetition they love or rest. It's one or the other. Yeah, you know, some bowlers just want to keep plowing on, plowing on. And we've spoken to county bowlers who want to do that, and some want to do their four overs gone. Right, and they could, yeah. they could, and it is a bit. Of, it, it depends on, I suppose, the the physiology for the want of a better way of putting it, isn't it? You're obviously somebody who wants to keep going all the time. Yeah, I, on a Wednesday, I go down and uh, I I barely ever put the pads on. To be honest, I tend to yeah. get there and and just run in and bowl. I just all I why, want is that why I can look at your batting average and probably think that's. Well, you know, I read a story once about, was it Chris Martin, who's the worst ever test, not the Coldplay bloke, the worst ever test batsman for New Zealand. Good bowler. And the reason he was such a crap batsman was he used to cycle to cricket training with his cricket spikes tied around his neck. 
he didn't have any space for bats and pads, so he never batted. So he just bowled. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use the Chris Martin excuse of, uh, of you know I don't, I don't I don't bat in the nets. Obviously, if I did bat the nets, you know I'd be an all rounder. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big believer at club cricket. I never point the finger at the at the bowlers when it comes to batting. Because if the top half haven't done it, end of. Like you said earlier, when you get higher up the echelons to the professional game, you do expect that number eight and nine to be able to do a bit, if not a 10-11 these days. Yeah. But a club cricket, if you're an opening bowler, your job's to bowl. I, it, it, it depends if you've bowled well or badly. If I've bowled well, I'll be slagging off the batsman. If I've bowled crap, I'll, I, 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 I don't really yeah. like to stand it. But I'd say it's, um, yeah, do you know what I do find funny at club cricket is every bowler fancies himself as a batsman. 100%. You know what's horrible about play cricket is I think I kidded myself for years that I, I was a decent bat and frankly I was batting too low. And then you when you get confronted by the numbers, <laughs> it's very hard. But also every batsman in the club picks up a ball on a Wednesday night and is convinced that they could do a job bowling spin or see. Yeah. Convinced. They take a wicket with that first ball and say, there you go. How difficult is it? Yeah, completely. So, uh, yeah, there's always that little bit of ego in that the bowlers think they can bat and the batsmen think they can uh, they can bowl always at club cricket. To, to be fair, at our club, we've got some, we've got some outstanding um, fast bowlers and incredible couple of spinners. And all of them, when they do it, it when they're batting, it, it's something to behold. And some of the fun we've had, I mean, last season, some of the games we played and watching the, the tail end help a couple of the batters. There's nothing more fun when you're on the side and that's happening. Yeah, um, and it's nothing more fun and frustrating to watch the opposition literally dive themselves into a hole. Seeing our seeing our lot do that to them. Do you know what? There's genuinely I I've one thing I would love to do. I can't off the top of my head think of any time that I've properly done it. Three times in my club career, I've nearly been the hero with the bat, nearly, and full. I've had one tie and two two run losses where I've got us so close and actually <sighs> scored and and all times uh I got bowled I I just smoked a six into a tennis court against our biggest rivals Oxshot many years ago um and thought here we go crowds going nuts I think I'm going to be a hero here next ball I get a full toss and try and hit it into next week and bowl <laughs> get bowled and I just thought what could have been I was so nearly a hero uh and then I got us I, I got 17 to get us uh tied a couple mm -hmm. of years ago against Weybridge and then my partner at the other end spooned one to cover so we tied uh, and then last year against Valley End uh, our overseas was on 91 or something um, I batted for ages and got to about 18 then he got stumped and then I slapped one to cover and we lost by two runs oh. I, I, I don't know what that feeling is like to be the hero with the bat and I just want that before before my body fails me I want to know what it's like to hit the winning runs Stumps, ups and would you say the highlights have been from your time at Stoke Darwin and what were you you've, you've, you've had a decent career so far already what have been the highlights uh the four the four promotions in four years was mad That's we, impressive. we well we so we got so when I first joined the club you know when I was a cult a uh, great club but very much you know sort of a sort of a casual sort of you know the Sunday team and the Saturday team mm. were pretty much interchangeable you know good group of old boys who played cricket together for many years um and Basically, like I said, we had this wave of just good young cricketers who all sort of came through at the same sort of time. And, you know, like every cricket club, and it'll be me, hopefully a few years from now, but who knows, maybe about a year from now, who then become the second 11 and the younger guys take over. And we got out of Fuller's and then we stayed in Div 5 for what felt like eternity. It was a uh -huh. few years and we're finishing third, 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 uh -huh. third. 
Um, and we kept bottling it. And uh, and then we went up from five to four. And to be honest, if you had, if that had taken so long for all of us, that was all we'd ever talked about was finally get promoted. We would have settled there. We'd have I been think... happy. To and then, like, you know, we just went, we just went nuts. I think we were all the right age for it. You know, you see so many, I see so many kids coming coming through it. Twice the cricketer I'll ever be. These unbelievable batsmen and bowlers. But, you know, they're 18, 19. They just don't know what their their game is yet. And I think all of us turned about 26, 27, 28, around that sort of same time, where you're the perfect level of good cricketers, bit stronger, bit taller, but also been there, done it, played a, a lot of men's cricket. Because you need, you need men in men's cricket. You know, you can have a couple of youngsters here and there, but... It's such a, you know, you've got to have something upstairs as well. You've got to be able to think about it. Absolutely. And, um, and then it just went nuts. And then we just, uh, we just kept going. The, the one stick, the one thing that sticks <laughs> is a bit of a sticking point. Well, I don't think we've ever won a trophy. We, we got promoted oh. in second place all four times. Um, and we won one in lockdown. We won one sort of, they, we, I don't know what it was for you guys. We did a sort of mini Surrey League thing. A half season we did, yeah. The half season. And we yeah. won that, which was actually really impressive because there were some big Prem teams in Div 1 and Div 2 sides. It was great. So that's our only real trophy. And it's got a bit of an asterisk next to it. No, so, no asterisk. No, you won it. Yeah, we won it. But I'll tell you what would be nice. We would love this year. And um, I know promotion is going to be the target this year. But to win a league would be nice. We, you don't get anything for finishing second. You get the promotion, which is great. But we don't get the pennant. We've had four, we had four second place promotions in a row, which has to be a record. I've never heard of that before. That's that's tough. But, you know, promotion's promotion, isn't it? You've got yeah, you through yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you've won more games than you've lost, clearly, to get up there in the first place. Yeah. It, it felt like we, we were winning every week for those few years. So that was a lot of fun. I'll tell you one of our promotions that always we felt a little bit guilty about. And oh, forgive me, I can't remember the team we're playing now. It shows I'm obviously not, don't feel that guilty about it. But we, we got down to last game of the season and we needed a draw to go up. If we if it, we drew, we were up. And it was hosing it down with rain, chucking it down. And we thought, result. <laughs> but the team we're playing against, they were in the relegation battle and they needed to try and beat us, basically. Um, and they had us in a bit of trouble. We got out there and we were about 30 for four or something. And we thought, oh God, we're going to bottle here it. We go. We're, we're going to bottle it. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we've all been here before. And, uh, and so anyway, it starts chucking it down and we're delighted. And uh, we said to the other team, we said, look, you're in the same boat as us. If you draw and the other team that you're up against draw, you stay up. So they said, look, look, let's shake hands. And they said, oh no, but what if they get a result down the road? What if they win? We said, yeah. look, it's chucking it down. There is no way they are playing a game of cricket today. You know, it was monsoon basically. Yeah. And we were like, look, let's all have a few beers. We'll get you a couple of jugs. Let's shake hands. You stay up. We get promoted. Happy <laughs> day. Or obviously we shake hands eventually. We all go nuts celebrating our promotion. Beers flowing. News comes through down the road that their big opponents had forced a game oh. and got a result. And oh, so the team were now in our clubhouse, relegated after we talked them into shaking hands. It was oh. one, of the most, one of the most awkward atmospheres ever because we're all buzzing and getting on it. And they're all just found out that basically the team down the road had forced some T20 game and managed to get promoted. So I can't remember who the team is. Um, but if you are listening to this, I, I, we do feel about We do talk about that quite often and how that wasn't our finest moment. It's. <laughs> That's just classic club cricket at the end of the day. It really is. No other, we had one a couple of years ago when our second team got promoted um, from Div uh, 7 to 6. And it went down to the last game of the season, who we played. It's first versus second. Right, yeah. And we had that tail end against us, just not get, we need to bowl them out. We need to bowl them out. And it go, you know, it's going dark. It's the usual stuff. It's the full works. 
And then the captain takes, uh, a, I think it was a one-handed catch in the end, with, with it going dark, game over, we've won the league, done. And they're disappointed because they've not won the league, but they've still been promoted. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And they've become yeah. a bit of an arch rival to us now in terms of when we play play against them. But they're a good bunch at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we go up the league, they stay there, and you don't play them again. You're disappointed not to play these people sometimes, then, aren't you, yeah, sir? Yeah, that, and, you know, they talk about it in pro sport, that word, but momentum, it's, it is bizarre. You know, you just get on a roll sometimes as a team, and that's what happened to us, where you just go up. You know, when, <laughs> momentum's so huge that it just felt like every single tight game we always came out on top of. Yeah. We'd win by one wicket or we'd, you know, we'd win by, you know, two runs or whatever. For four um, years. For, for four years, it just felt like it felt, exactly. And then last year, uh, suddenly you're on the like I said, I slapped one to cover and we lost by two runs. You just just feels like when you're playing well, everything goes your way. When you're not playing well, everything goes against you. But I love it. I, I want to ask you actually a question. I know you're meant to be asking me, but format wise, what what what's because we have a split season, so half our games are 50 overs and half our games are declaration. Okay, yeah, and we're, and, just, we're win lose. You're win lose, win lose. Um, no, oh god, are you asking me? Uh, up to David, so 10, 9, 8, and 7 still play win, lose, draw. Right. And okay. 46 overs. And then 45, uh, sorry, division six upwards, win, lose, full stop. Right. Um, okay. And it's a little, little bit easier that way, to be honest. Yeah. See, I, 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 I'm hated in the dressing room. Well, for many reasons, but uh, <laughs> no, the. Uh, <laughs> The I, I like the declaration format. I because all the batsmen especially hate it yeah. when you, you get them eight down. They know they can't chase it, and you bowl at you know eight, nine, and ten for twenty overs, and they're just basically just they're, they're playing a four defensive before you even bowled yeah. it. Um, there's the two reasons I like that format. First of all, I get to bowl loads of overs. I get mm -hmm. to bowl about fourteen overs in that one. Um, and secondly, I think those have been my favourite wins over the years. Yes, when a team had digged them out, and you ground and you've managed, and all you the the run chase is gone. You know now it's just about taking wickets. The lights mm -hmm. going down, taking you know taking eight, nine, and ten in the last sort of four or five overs of a game to win games have been some of my favourite ever wins. So I love the format, yeah. but everyone else hates it, apart from me. Like, I think it's a good format. And also, I do think, as a bowler, you know sort of, I find the 50 overs, so we do 50 overs in the win-lose, quite formulaic. I know I'm going to sort of bowl six at the top, yeah. and I might have a little burst later on, and then I'm going to be bowling death overs, and they're going to be trying to hit every ball for six. And I find it quite repetitive. I find declaration cricket... Can meander if it, 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 it a bit like a test match. A team's out of it, and then suddenly they have a, they think actually we might be able to chase this. I really like it, but I, I'm very much on my own in that one at my club. Yeah, we, we've got something coming forward this year for the first time at our club in that our top two teams will be playing win lose, but for the first time in our history we've got a third eleven. Right, they're, okay. They're going to start in Div Ten at the very very bottom. They'll probably play four or five juniors every single week. But for those juniors, they've got to grind, win, lose, draw. Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. They're going to learn as they go along. And you know, we could be 10 years from getting them from Div 10 to Div 7 mm. um, because they're going to be so young playing. But we've got such a good bunch of juniors, and got volume in particular, we want to be able to give them a pathway to get into the seniors. Well, uh, I think that's the, the other thing. I, think it's, I do think it's really important for developing young batsmen, especially the declaration stuff, because... Mm. If you play just fifty overs all the time, you don't. You never really have a situation where you can just block it out. You've always got to try and score runs. But watching young batsmen go out there, knowing look, your only job here is to bat fifty balls. Um, so yeah, I, I like it. But yeah, I think I'm very much on my own on that one. I think I'm basically the only person in the Surrey Championship who, who thinks that way. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Let's, let's ask you a quick question before we talk about zero ducks. Opening bowler, competitive. Yeah, are, are you a snarler when you come running in, um, or are you are you that nice one who tries to sort of lull them into a sense of you know complacency? Is what sort of opening bowler are you? Uh, when I was younger, I used to get so pissed off. Never really. The only thing, the two things I used to get pissed off about when I was younger, if I was bowling crap, I'd just get angry at myself. Or yeah. when you knew you had them out, caught behind LBW, <laughs> when you knew. And then the red mist would descend. The problem was I would never bowl better angry. I'd always bowl worse. Uh, I don't know if it was subconsciously I'd go chasing wickets or just trying to bowl quicker. Yeah, But I just always whenever i got angry whenever i said anything to batsman or anything like that always there the last laugh because i always bowl crap uh, and maybe it's just as i got older and, and chilled out but now i'm a smiler and a laugher if yeah. a bloke if a bloke hits me over my head for six which happened a few times in div one last year <laughs> i normally just say shot and go back to the top of my mark i'm very relaxed now you know once in a blue moon the red mist might descend it's normally frustration at myself but i just know i bowl badly with it i'm always unbelievably nice to the umpire I'm convinced that that's earned me. That's the way say, to do it. What do you, I had 249 wickets. I reckon 150 of those are from being nice to the umpire. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, do you know what? Genuinely, my dad used to always say, call him, sir, give him your hat, have a chat, but not to actually try and get wickets just because it's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, they're giving up their Saturday to umpire your game. Um, but uh, but I do I, I do think it comes into it. A tight LBW, tell you now, my mate Robbie, he always gets pissed off and angry and all umpires hate him. A tight LBW, the batsman gets it. For me, tight LBW, I always get it. Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. And it's just, have, just working it, isn't it? it it's human nature has to come into it at some yeah, point, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. In, in your day-to-day job, how competitive are you and your fellow radio presenters? You, you have the equivalent of runs called Rajar. Yeah. Uh, and the number. How competitive are you with you know, your, your, the guy who's gone before you, who one or two people might know? Um, <laughs> or how competitive are you with your family member who does dark hours of the night at some point. Yeah. Um, uh, genuinely not very is the, is the, is the honest answer. So at Radio X, we're all pulling in the same direction. So look, if, if Chris Moyles is on before me, if his show goes up, there's half a chance that my show is going to go up with it. Um, and also <laughs> at least for the first half hour. Well, exactly. At least for the first half hour. If it peters out after that, then that's my fault. But, um, and uh, no, my sister who does overnights on Heart, well, there's no point in me getting competitive with her because Radio X has got 2 million listeners and I think Heart's got 10 and a half million. So, wow. so, so there's no point in me. That's like me trying to give Stephen Finn jip for his bowling. So uh, no. Yeah, I'm, we're about but, to come to that. Don't worry. It is a competitive industry in terms of, you have a little look over your shoulder. You know, for us, our rivals are the people that say play the same sort of music as us. And mm. you have a little, you have a little glance over there. Oh, they've lost a few listeners. We've gained a few listeners. There's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of. Uh... It just shows statistics make a difference in all walks of life, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I won't name the presenter, but I'm sure people can fill in the gaps. But uh, so my wife is the exec producer of the Chris Moyle shows on before me. Um, and uh, my dad obviously did radio for many, many years, and uh, there's a very famous radio presenter in this country right now who's been doing it for years, but me, my wife, and my dad went for a drink in the pub not long ago, and uh, my dad said, everybody sat on this table has got more listeners than him at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a little bit of competitiveness, but uh, no, it's you, not too much because uh, it's such an incestuous industry. There's only, oh, absolutely. I love it at Radio X. I've got no intention of going anywhere. I'll stay there as long as they'll have me. But um, well, they've got the best music to start with. Well, they've got the best music. That's the thing. It makes it makes my life much easier. But I can't like, see you presenting Boyzone. 
no, I don't think I don't think my content would work with a Radio Two crowd. I'll be honest with you, but uh, but the uh, the thing is, you can't you can't slag people off too much because if Radio X and me ever do part ways, there's only about two other stations that I can go to. So yeah, uh, yeah. So, and yeah, everyone's I, been bought up by so many people, haven't they? That there's oh, not that many companies to go yeah, to, exactly, there now, is there? Exactly that. So you should just be nice to everyone in radio and be nice to umpires would be my advice. Exactly, and that, that's <laughs> what we're doing with our pod in terms of we're being really nice to everyone in the podcast industry because we're this big. Yeah, we're tiny compared to everybody else. Um, you know, you think I think you're up to five listeners now, isn't it? With zero yeah. dogs given. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think you're still three ahead of us, to be fair. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're doing all right. But tell us how that came about because it's completely different to any other cricket pod on the, you know, the pod world. Yeah, you know, I think we're quite different because we talk club, 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 and we'll bore people senseless about club cricket <laughs> uh, because just like you, we love it. But tell us how zero ducks came about. Yeah, well, funnily enough, you know, when you guys emailed me about coming on this pod, I said, yeah, of course, because the chance to talk about club cricket, because you can imagine I get asked to be a guest on so many other cricket podcasts, and they're all, you know, there's lots of great ones, but I can't be asked to talk about an ODI between Sri Lanka and Zimbabwe, but to chance to talk about club cricket, I'm interested. No, so we uh, we were with a different uh, podcasting company before who actually came to me and knew that I was a big cricket fan, and obviously podcast world is so saturated, but they said, look, we think, we know you're a big cricket fan, they said cricket is actually one where although it's saturated, they're all, you know, there's a lot of real in-depth ones and tactical ones mm -hmm. and proper analysis ones. There's not too many that are just basically a bit of fun. So, uh, so I said, I said, well, I can, I can do fun. Cause I said, I, I don't think any other, I don't think there needs to be another podcast where somebody explains how reverse swing works or anything yeah. like that. So I had done a really good actually cricket show that was on the internet for Yahoo sports uh, during the cricket world cup. And mm. that's where I, that's where I met Daniel Norcross from TMS. And, that was the first time I'd met him and he was so different to what I expected. So I'd heard him on Test Match Special and he's very funny on Test Match Special and he's great. But, you know, I'm still picturing this bloke basically smoking a pipe and sitting there, you know. Is that because he was described as the most interesting commentator of the new generation? According to Wikipedia, anyway. According to Wikipedia, where that means Norcross has been... Actually, I would say he's editing his own Wikipedia, but there's no way he knows how to do that. Exactly. Um, so, uh, I mean, God, that's a damning indictment on other cricket commentators if he's the most interesting. <laughs> no, no I, love, I love the bloke. So yeah. I did this Yahoo Sports show and, and the first show was on a Monday and it was live, proper... TV crew and auto queue and everything and a producer speaking in your ear and it was a proper show. So I turn up on the Monday and I've been to Glastonbury that weekend. Oh, so I turn up on Monday and I'm seeing about four auto queues, and I turn up and I've you know I've slept about ten hours in four days and I'm thinking, blimey, I'm they're going to sack me after one show here. And I thought, well, at least this guy from Test Match Special, Daniel Norcross, at least he'll be professional. And uh, I walk in there and he'd had a heavier weekend than me, so I thought, bloody hell. <laughs> so. So we hit it off straight away and we did stuff with um, uh, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, uh, who are brilliant podcasters, do the final word with the yeah. Australian podcast. Great guys as well. And uh, Izzy Westbury. And it was a great show. So anyway, so when these guys came to me um, not long ago about doing it, a couple of years ago about doing a podcast, I said, who do you want? And I said, get me Daniel Norcross. Get me Norcross. It'll be, I called him up and he said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so then we need, we wanted a we wanted a name. We wanted, I guess, our Peter Crouch, I guess. So we needed a, a lanky has-been. And uh, and along came Stephen Finn. So I'd never met Finney before the podcast, which has surprised a lot of people. Steve Finn, Peter Crouch. I, I hadn't had thought of it, but you're absolutely exactly. spot on. Six foot seven, lanky has been absolutely. Exactly. So uh, no, so uh, so I said to Norcross, I said, look, who who should we go for here? And we kicked a few names around, and Norcross had done a bit with Finney, and he said, I really like Finney. He takes the mick out of you. He, you can take the mick out of him, and he's not offended by it. 
Um, and you know, he wants to get into this world a little bit as he's got one eye on retirement. Yeah. Um, and so I said, well, let's do the questions. So we did one pilot and it was great. And, uh, and Finney's, you know, he's come on leaps and bounds. You know, I genuinely, when I hear him on Test Match Special or on Sky or BBC now doing these other things, he's he's really good now. He's he really eloquent and and good fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, you know, the, the, the one good thing that maybe came out of COVID as well was you and I right now, you're sat in your in your spare room. I'm sat in my spare room. Yeah. You know, we can jump on Zoom and do these things. So mm -hmm. it's an hour a week, the three of us jump in all of our respective spare rooms and all mercilessly uh, bully each other and take the mickey make out of each other. And um, sometimes we talk about cricket. Mainly we talk about uh, Dan Norcross having a terrible case of diarrhea and having to relieve himself in his wife's cake mixing bowl. That tends yeah. to get or better. Or Ethel. Yeah, or Ethel, uh, Finn's cat, who has an amazing ability to always jump on his keyboard and just put her, put her asshole right down the webcam. <laughs> uh, almost at two, almost the same point of the podcast every single week. So it's a highbrow affair, as you can tell. Um, Absolutely. In amongst it all... Finney doesn't realise how interesting his stories are. Yeah. Because to us mere mortals, he's like, oh, I remember, you know, I was bowling, you know, I got Steve Smith out of the SCG. And mm -hmm. you're like, do you know how cool that is? Um, and Norcross is an encyclopedia. Yeah. I mean, he really is. Uh, and so he's a walking play cricket, that man. Um, and I basically just take the piss out of them both. So it's it, it's a really good dynamic that we're really chuffed about. And uh, yeah, the, the feedback from all five of our listeners has been great. Have you ever done what we did recently, which is we're, we're into our 20 odd, I think this is our 22nd, 23rd episode. Have you listened back to one of the really early ones of yours to see how it sounded compared to now? Oh, well, also, I mean, not only did it sound crap, but, <laughs> um, but uh, it took us about 30 episodes to teach Daniel Norcross how to turn his microphone on. Okay. So the, the quality of the audio on some of the early ones. I'm here with my big posh radio mic. Finney sounds like he's talking, I don't know, a warehouse. And Daniel Norcross is talking... It, I don't know, in, down God knows what. I don't know what he was doing. Um, but uh, but actually, I have to say, we did a couple of demos. We did a couple of practice runs. We mm -hmm. had two episodes that the lost tapes that we'll never see the light of day, I guess. Oh, they'd be fun. Just to get the dynamic going and seeing if it worked. And yeah. uh, I have to say, we the dynamic worked straight away. And I, I gunned for Finney from day one. <laughs> having never met the bloke. And I think he was a bit taken aback at first. And I yeah. was there calling him a washed up has been. And he's going, I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> um, but uh, it worked. And uh, it, and uh, and uh, we're all completely incapable of being offended by anything. You can call us anything, take the mic yeah. out of us. And, and it is water off a duck's back. And I think that's, you know, pun intended, ducks and all that. But uh, I think that is how, how it works so well, really. But isn't that, I'm, I'm going to bring it full circle, that's club cricket. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's club, that's what club cricket's like. You can walk into your pavilion at Stoke Darwin on a Saturday night, having one loss, whatever, and you know that that's the sort of conversation can happen between any one of 20 of you. Yeah. And no one walks away offended. No, not at all. I mean, we all know each other far too well. And also the whole point of club cricket I've never met a club cricketer, and this is the beauty of cricket, and this is where it has a great sense of humour. I've never heard a club cricketer, even if a bloke's averaging 60 with the bat and 15 mm -hmm. with the ball that season, the rule is you only joke about how crap you are. You never, ever actually bring up the time that you took six for. Yeah. You bring up all those golden ducks. That's what you and that and that is the beauty of it. And I, I think I find that with uh, the cricket crowd as well. I find it's self-deprecating and it's self-aware and I love that. And so, yeah, if anybody ever got above their stations, we've uh, just the other day on our WhatsApp group, got this amazing kid, Ben, who uh, who was bowled his heart out for us last season and was unbelievable. 
Um, and we went down to Div 2 and he's still young and he's still got a chance of playing, I think, pro cricket. So he's gone and he's going to be playing in the Prem next season and with all our best wishes. And so we love the bloke and he's gone off. Um, so I, I messaged the group yesterday with a... I'd managed to create this thing of my face on Superman, opening up his <laughs> opening up his shirt with his Superman logo underneath. And I said, does this mean Tarrant's getting the first over again? I knew you'd come crawling back to me. Uh, the club needs a fast bowler bowling that first over. And immediately yeah. within a second, my mate Robbie replied going, fast. And that is the, <laughs> and that is the beauty. I mean, I, I, I made the mistake of trying to get above my stations and I got chopped down immediately and quite right too. And yeah, I think that sums up zero ducks given. Um, it sums up club cricket. We, we've got a player at our place, Watto, who joined us a couple of years ago. Can't believe he only joined us a couple of years ago because he lives five minutes up the bloody road. But that's a different <laughs> match altogether. Um, and last year he got so much grief for the amount of time he occupied the bowling machine and coaching. Uh, I spent an inordinate amount of time with him. He had a record-breaking year for him. He scored more runs than he's ever done. He had his highest average he's ever had, but he still got grief because his strike rate was crap. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And That's without it. him, you know, the runs that he scored, he scored 20% of the whole team's runs for the season. But no, need to need to be quicker. Yeah, yeah, score quicker and stop taking up, stop taking up so up, much it? time. That's it. You can't, you know, even if my mate scores a hundred and takes a five for, you know, in the, you know, we'll make him first of all. He's got that means he owes us two jugs because, well, three jugs. You get two jugs for a hundred and one for a fiver. Yeah, uh, for a fiver. So that's three jugs he owes before we even say well done. Get to the bar and get the jugs in. Um, then it's you know take the piss out of him and how many times he was dropped and how crap some of his deliveries were. Yeah. And then probably at about eleven p.m about eight pints deep, just a quiet, so that nobody hears. <laughs> well played today, mate. Good work. <laughs> Probably as you're going through the door on the way out, just to sort Yeah, of... exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to, yeah, exactly that. So no, that, I love that side of it. There's no room for egos. You've got to be, take the piss out of yourself, self-deprecating, and uh, I love it. Well, let, let's talk egos then. You know, Finney gives you an inordinate amount of grief about the crap that you bowl. Um, but with your average of 19.54, for the 249 wickets you've taken, Finney's got an average of 29. Well, this is it. This is why Finney, you know, he didn't, you know, Andy Flower kept dropping him in the middle of Ashes, even though he's a top wicket taker, because he, you know, he's, yeah, he could bowl quick. Uh, uh, you know, he's six foot seven, and there was a point where he was bowling 93, 94 in, in the England side. Um, but he, did, he didn't know where it was going. You know, whereas me, I'm, I'm more about control. I'm about swing. I'm about variations, yeah. uh, panache, style, elegance, class. Yeah, uh, all things that Finney is severely lacking, and so it doesn't surprise me that I've got a much better average than him. You know, if, if it's like you know, if you went to the fun fair, Finney's, you know, Finney's that sort of rusting old roller coaster that was good in about 1985. Yeah, but you know, nowadays there's there's better roller coasters that people mm -hmm. are more excited about. And me, I'm the coconut shy. You know, I'm as I'm you know I'm consistent. I'm as fun now as I ever was. You know, yeah. and still and, win. Still win. At the end of the day, more people will go on the coconut shy than they will on the old rusty roller coaster. And that's and that's what Finney forgets sometimes. Now, I know Finney's argument will be, but you're bowling to crap, whereas I'm bowling to the top batters in the world and all. But let's get one thing straight. Finney is, um, what's the word? A pampered professional. Yeah. Um, he's got professional facilities, yep. professional pitches, more coaches than you and I have seen in our entire career. Yeah. Um, versus club cricket. Well, and, 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 you know, he probably, I talked about how sore I was after every single session. He probably gets a professional rub down and an ice bath and yeah. physios and a, 
you know, <laughs> told what to eat and and how to taper down and all these fancy words nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and also the other thing is we haven't, you know, we haven't seen me at international level and we haven't seen Finney at club level. So Exa ah, now oh, you, you might as well have read my notes <laughs> because actually that would be Finney's argument. He'd say, but yeah, you're this. Th what he also will forget, he has got to play cricket club average. Now this is now this is tasty. I can take this back to zero. That's given, but please tell me, please tell me, it's it's nineteen point five nine or something. Oh no, it's better than that. It's twenty three point six six. Oh, this is so good. Oh, this is wonderful. Can you please send me all of this? I will send you all of this. I'll go one further for you. So if you go back to twenty twenty, the last year that he played any sort of club cricket, uh, I think it was one or two games. Doesn't matter really, does it? Um, he bowled thirteen overs. Took. Two wickets at an average of 25.5 in 2020. Um, in 2020, your average, am I reading this right? 11.63. That was the lockdown. I had a good year that year. That's when we won that lockdown. So league. he had a crap lockdown year and you had a blinder. Well, that, what was he doing playing club cricket in 2020? He's kept that quiet. Right. This is gold dust. This uh, is wonderful news. So, so actually, I am a more effective club bowler than Finney is. I think now I'll take the word club out. Yeah, you're a more effective bowler at yeah. the standard that you are given. Because who says if you if you were pampered, Toby, and you had professional coaches and oh, yeah. professional masseurs and all of that stuff, yeah, who says you wouldn't be doing what he's doing? Well, exactly. I mean, I've I've already told them on Zero Dots given recently. I've worked I've worked out how to get Steve Smith out. You have to bowl right arm round to him, and he'll get he'll snick off the second slip. I've been telling Finney this, but he won't listen. Does so that mean you're going down to Sussex for a couple of weeks? We're, we're trying to make it work because Sussex is going on loan. Uh, Steve Smith's going on loan to Sussex this summer. We are genuinely lovely to make it. We would love to make this happen. Uh, the chances of the Australian press team letting <laughs> me have a bowl at Steve Smith is literally second to none. But uh, but look, we're, we're going to ask the question. We're going to ask the question. Absolutely. So, you know, just if you had a message for uh, Finney and Daniel on the back of the numbers that you've heard, what would it be, mate? Um, it would just be that I think it's about high time that I started getting a bit more respect. Uh, Good word. And do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go two feet in here. I'm gonna I, I'd like an apology actually. Okay. There's been a lot of vitriol uh, sent my way, and yet as recently as 2020, indisputably in black and white, play cricket says I, it. I'm a better club bowler than Stephen Finn, despite all the. All the advantages he's had his entire life, including the six foot seven advantage that is nothing to do with him as well. No. I, I, I hasten to add, uh, despite all of that, uh, we've got it here in black and white that I'm a better bowler than him. So I, I will be going for an apology and, um, well, well, I guess find out at zero that's given how that apology goes. It'll probably be on next week's episode. Stumps, ups, and Super over. Right, okay, Toby, for our super over, we ask each of our guests the same six quickfire questions and just simply ask you, give us the answers as quick as you can. So let's start with, what's your favourite ground? Edgebaston. Do you want Good me to choice. embellish or do I just say Edgebaston and we move on? That's great. Perfect. <laughs> uh, your favourite batter? Sachin Tendulkar. Your favourite bowler? For that two-year, three-year period, Flintoff. Love it. Your favourite tipple? Guinness. Favourite cricket tea item of choice? Any sort of curry, a nice hot spice, some sort of jalfrezi or something like that. Um, <laughs> and your sporting hero, cricket or otherwise? Uh, Steve and Gerard, Stevie G. Easy, easy. 
And on that note, we'll call it a day to the Super Over because my mate Marsh is going to throw up right now. <laughs> super Over. Stumps, bumps, and beer bumps. Let's get back to club cricket before we ask our final question. What's your thoughts and plans and you know, what are your expectations for this year in Stoke Darbanon? And, and there's a big one to with a caveat on that one, which is brackets, including mancadding. Yeah, well, I mean, I did I did say because the problem with not being able to bat is that as a fast bowler whose body is slowly failing him, um, I've got to find a way to stay in the first team even when my I start bowling pies because mm-hmm. it's not going to be my batting. So I have put my hand up at, that I will be the guy that mancads. I'm willing to, I, you know, I'm willing to risk getting punched in the face several times if it means I stay in the ones. Okay. So, so that's going to be my contribution to the team the next few years. Is if they've got an overseas on ninety nine, I will be the guy willing to mancad <laughs> to, to, to get him out. Uh, I'll, I'll drop some catches. I'll let a lot of balls through my legs. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't bowl. I won't bat. But I'll get you that overseas out every week. Uh, so yeah. So uh, there's, there was rumours of them ruling out the mancad at club cricket level, and I have to say. I can see an argument for that because I tell you what, it's going to happen at a tense moment in a tense game and it is going to cause uproar at club level. We put uh, a poll out last week on Twitter. There's only been 150, 160 people responded. So if it gets bigger, great. But 60% have said go. Um, yeah. And the next lot say, I think it's 29% say no. But the, re- the the balance are saying basically it's got to be if there's two ums. You can only have it if there's two ums. Yeah. Because um, the lower the down the leagues and the you know, one ump or zero, can you imagine where there's no umpires? When you, when people are umpiring themselves, it oh. cannot, it can't happen, can it? It can't. No. I, I genuinely think they have to outlaw it at club level. I really do. It was, it's, it's. I mean, I hated it. I hated it pro level, let alone yeah. club level. But it is a crap way of taking a wicket. Mm. Uh, but uh, but no. So I, I won't be man cutting, um, and I won't be getting out man cutting either because I've always <laughs> been. I'm always being told off by the batsman at the other end for not backing up anyway because I'm normally daydreaming or chatting to the umpire. So I'm safe. But there's more cricket for you this year without having all these weddings. Yeah. Yeah, loads this year, I'm hoping. Um, so as so my wife is very, very understanding. So we got married September 16th because it was the first date the venue had after cricket season. Uh, and the beauty of that is our anniversary will always be after cricket season. Oh, well, well planned, sir. So it's it's it works out perfectly in that regard. Uh I've got I've had a right touch where I've had two good mates get married, but they picked the same day. So I've so sadly I've had to let one of them down. I can only go to one of them. Um, <laughs> but even better news is two weddings ticked off only takes up one of my Saturdays. Wow. So I think at the minute I'm looking at maybe one wedding, maybe Glastonbury. I could be playing 14, 15 out of 18 this year, which would be the well, most. Of... Champions League final might get in the way. Well, that's what I'm, I'm fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping a Champions League final will get in the way, but uh, the way Liverpool are playing at the minute, I won't hold my breath. We'll talk about that differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah, so hopefully loads of cricket this year, hopefully. And what what do you just start the season with a target? What you're going to take wicket wise, or are you just one of those who just gets on with it? No, I'll be honest. The way I bowled last year, my, my, my aim's to stay in the ones all year. Um, yeah. No, I, I genuinely number of wickets is uh, is obviously nice, but for me, that feeling of winning your club a game is the mm-hmm. closest. You know, we all love sport, and I watch. You know, Steve and Gerard for years, you know, captain yeah. fantastic winning games for Liverpool, in, you know, in front of the copper at Wembley or whatever. Now, I will never be able to do that. 
but genuinely the closest I'll ever get, you know, walking off on a Saturday, having taken two late wickets to win your team the game. You get that you get that day in the sun every couple of seasons, don't you, as an individual? Yeah. Better players, maybe every couple of weeks. But for me, you know, I might win us two games a season with mm-hmm. the ball if I'm lucky. Walking off on a Saturday night and you've won your... That's when you want to take your wickets, isn't it? So totally. I, I, I'd, what I would love to do this year is win some games for, for the ones would be and that, honestly. And then I feel like that, that for me... I feel like Steven Gerrard for the rest of the afternoon. Exactly. Even though everyone in the clubhouse was telling me I bowled shit. Yeah, yeah. You only got those two at the end, but the first 10 out yeah. crap. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I know deep down that's the closest I'll ever come to feeling like a professional sportsman. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Hey, we'll, we'll keep a close eye on Stoke Darbanon's uh, fixtures and results this year and see see if that happens and we'll, we'll follow, follow your progress. But we always like to end our, our, our final question. And it's one that we, we tend to change the rules for most people. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be dead simple with you. I'm going to make it really open-ended. You've been invited to enter a team into the Stump Sums and Beer Pumps six-a-side competition. Good old school six-a-side. If you had to put your perfect six-a-side cricket team together, I want you to name them. It's got to be two bowlers, two batters, a wicketkeeper, and an all-rounder. So we'll start you off. Let's start with the obvious one, shall we? The two bowlers. Who do you want to be your bowlers? I'm definitely not picking my mates. There's no chance. Um, can, right. can be yourself or you can coach. Uh I mean, I'm tempted to put myself in, not because I'm actually got any right to be anywhere near the team, but it would be good fun standing out there and watching them, wouldn't it? But uh, no, I'm going to, tempting, I'll, you know what, I'll carry the drinks. I'll be the seventh man. Okay. Um, you know, I played in a six-side tournament once at the Getty Ground, and uh, Ian Bell, I think, was in my team. Ooh. Charity day. And you had to retire on 25, and he retired on 25 off six balls, and he, <laughs> left, the, and he left the first one. <laughs> so you can do the maths at home um so uh i am gonna go jimmy anderson the goat uh you know there was an argument that maybe up until twenty nine thirty that he was you know very good in very favorable conditions yeah he's had a sort of two careers within a career mm-hmm. the sort of post 30 jimmy anderson has just done it everywhere in the world on every imaginable pitch yeah he never goes for more than two and over. Uh, he His record against great batsmen, I mean, look at his record against Coley. He's an absolute freak. Greatest Phenomenal. fast bowler. Love the bloke. Uh, and Shane Warne, the late, great Shane Warne. Um, yeah. To be honest, I don't think, I don't even need two batsmen and all-rounded wicketkeeper here because they're going to bowl teams out for about five between them. But yeah, Shane Warne, best bowler I've ever seen, best mm-hmm. cricketer I've ever seen. I said earlier, I don't want to, I don't want cricket to be sexy, but Shane Warne was the he closest. He was the closest thing we had to making cricket sexy. You know, rock a proper rock and roll cricketer. Um, and just a freak. What anyone I talked earlier about, you know, but club batsmen all, mm. all fancy themselves as bowlers in the nets. Well, we've all done it. We've all picked up a cricket ball on a Wednesday or whenever you do your training and tried to bowl leg spin, and it mm. is impossible. It either lands by your toes or it goes straight over the net. It, yeah. it, it, to, to bowl it consistently, accurately, like he did, there'll never be a leg spinner that good ever again. Yeah. Never. There'll different be different grade. types of leg spinners. Maybe bowl a bit flatter and quicker, but properly fizzing it, landing it, and still controlling it, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, best bowler ever. So him, uh, wicketkeeper, probably the best bloke to wicketkeeper too, Shane Warne, Gilchrist. Um, I'm not a bad bat. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why he's in really. I'm not, I mean, not bad glove work and also, yeah, you know, the, the best at keeping a shame warm, but uh, six aside, we need we we need a bloke who's going to hit the ball over the rope, and he's the greatest wicketkeeper batsman there ever will be. I, I, again, um, 
to do two it. Two batters. I, I'm supposing Norcross isn't getting in here, is he? No, not you know he just misses out here. Tendulkar I mentioned earlier because when I first fell in love with cricket, Tendulkar was the best in the world, and I was always a all my mates at school are a Brian Lara man, but I liked purist, mm-hmm. something about a purist. So I was always a Tendulkar man, and those beautiful. He still to the even when he was playing like you know T20s at the end of his career, he still had those proper buckle pads. Yeah. Which I lo- and they were like faded to hell, and I was going, "You're yeah. such a Tendulkar, you can get new pads, you know." Uh, so he wouldn't have looked amiss in any club game, would he? <laughs> no, he'd, yeah, exactly. I mean, he literally, he'd walk out there absolutely tiny with his buckle on pads, and we'd be going, "Here we go, lads!" And then absolutely. suddenly, and then after one ball, you'd go, "I'm in trouble here." Quick story about Tendulkar. Actually, we had a coach at our club when I was first started, Sid, who played a bit with Tendulkar up, uh, out in Mumbai when he was really young, and uh, he said how good Tendulkar was at the age of about 15. He was playing men's cricket in India and he said he used to lean on the ball and the ball hadn't left his bat yet. He would say how many they were going to run and he would go free as he hit the ball. And he knew exactly how hard he'd hit it and how far it was going to go and where the fielders were and how long it was going to take. He'd go two, three as the ball left his bat. He didn't even need to look after that. It was mad. Um, Other batsmen, uh, I'll go Joss Butler. Beautiful, right? I mean... Shame he never really did it in the Red Bull side. I think De Villiers is the greatest white ball batsman of all time, but the second greatest ever, I think, is Joss Butler. And, you know, he's he's, he's English and I love the bloke and he's got yeah. beautiful beautiful eyes. Uh, so, yeah, Joss Butler's my uh, my other... And you're all rounder. Uh, this is easy because he... Well, do you know what? It's so tricky not putting Flintoff in there, who I loved and is my favourite cricketer of all time. But Jack Callis, I will argue to the day I die, oh. is the greatest cricketer of all time. There's no argument. Not average, what, just about 60 with the bat, took something like 300 or 400 wickets. We, you know, people that only caught the end of him will think he was, you know, sort of swing bowler, but he was quick at the, at the, when he first started out. Mm. Also, absolute bucket hands in the slips, although I don't think we'll have too many slips in a six-a-side tournament, although with Warren and Anderson bowling, maybe we will. You'd be proud um, of the bat. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and also, this controversial opinion that we've discussed on Zero Ducks given before, that all cricket before about 1970 is crap. <laughs> so, so Jacques Callis, for that reason, is the greatest cricketer of all time. Um, as Finney once pointed out, Don Bradman, when you watch old footage of him, he's a walking wicket nowadays. So, yeah, yeah so that's that's my team. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty happy with it. I, I wouldn't mind captaining it. So you got Jimmy Anderson, Shane Warne, Gilchrist, Tendulkar, Butler and Jack Cal. I think that's one of the more varied teams that we've had actually amongst. But I mean, it's the top teams, isn't it? Be interested to see what our listeners think of that one. As for cricket being crap before the 70s, I will just say, be careful what you say. Roy Johns will be disagreeing with you straight away. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there's an exception to every rule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and every club's got one that'll disagree. I can absolutely guarantee that. I'm going to tell our Ralphie to delete any play cricket stats from 1969 and earlier. That's, fa- that's fair. Yeah. yeah well, I was, bo- <laughs> I was born in 69, so that works for me. There we exactly. go. That maybe you're the reason cricket picked up in the 70s. That's very much doubted. <laughs> born, born in Liverpool, that wasn't the case. I can guarantee <laughs> yeah, that's it, true. So yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Hey, it's been absolutely fabulous chatting, Toby. And it's, you know, this is club cricket, full stop. Club cricket is a, a real leveller and a grounder for absolutely everybody. And it's been fabulous chatting that way. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think, um, you know, the I'm, I'm very lucky to do the job I do. And the industry is, you know, quite sexy, I suppose. You know, we get to go to gigs and meet very famous people doing what we do and hanging out with Chris Moyles and Johnny Vaughan every day. But on a Saturday, I'll be hungover 
in a field in the middle of bloody nowhere in Surrey yeah. with 10 of my best mates, uh, you know, letting cricket balls through my legs like everybody else. And, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Do you know, I once got, I once got, a, the, we talked about, I got once in a real, real scrap once on a pitch of a bloke who was the angriest guy I've ever seen on a cricket field. And he was giving everybody bifters. And I, and I, uh, and I went back into the clubhouse and me and him had a, had a bit of a, like head to head in the clubhouse. <laughs> and, uh, he was at, he was like this raging bull, Steve coming out of his nose, and uh, and I said to his his teammates, I said, look, this is stupid. This, I said, shall I go out there and you know chat to him because this is ridiculous? They yeah. said no. They said honestly, he's a psychopath. He does this every week. They said, <laughs> they said let him calm down. And then the bloke said, the worst thing is he's a massive fan of your show. He won't be listening anymore. <laughs> so I lost the Radio X listener that day. Oh dear, <laughs> I think that's a great place, to, great place to call it a day for us. Yo, hopefully we're not going to lose listeners by bringing one of our. Uh... Our opposition inverted commas podcasters on, but yeah, and you know, we are on you described it as this little cult. You know, yeah, we, we are. If cricket's a cult, we, we need to stick together and make sure that all those people who are as sad as us and love it that much get to listen to really good content. And you know, thanks to you and the guys at Zero Ducks, I do enjoy it week in, week out. And it, it's it's one of those easy listenings, I think is the best way to describe it. You don't have to take it seriously. <laughs> Certainly uh, not. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll follow each other over the coming months and we'll definitely be following Stoke Darbanon, uh, partly because it's one of the best cricket club names I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for your time, Toby. And uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Absolute pleasure, Ian. Thank you for having me. And uh, lovely to do a big geek out over proper cricket, club cricket. That's the one. Cheers, mate. Cheers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Stumps, bumps, and beer pumps. Talk about the season. What, there's three weeks left to go before the start of the season? Yeah, we've or got... Or is it to, that, to the start of the friendly? It's three weeks. Well, 15th of April is the start of the friendly season. And Winsel have got uh, a double header over at Elverston, Elverston Castle, against their, I think it's a mixture of teams. So our first and second, both travelling over to Elverston on the 15th of April for hopefully will be a, an enjoyable day. Following that, we've got the first league games of the season. Second's at home to Muggington and the first away, I think it's Oroas, isn't it now? It sounds right, that does. Yeah, it sounds about right. So it's been a long winter, as I said. Uh, weather's started to go against us a bit, really. We've had a lot of rain these last few days. What, what are you looking forward to uh, this season, Neil? What's your hopes and fears? And who are you most looking forward to seeing back down at uh, Mill Lane? I just so. enjoy see, just seeing the lads, really. Just uh, I've got yeah. to the point where I don't... Not bothered about the cricket anymore. I'm just, sort of, <laughs> I'm just there for the beer. To be honest with you. Yeah. So, anybody in particular, anybody you've seen that you think's going to have a good start to the season? I've, I've heard Eddie's uh, Eddie Moore's a bit on it this year. Got a new bat. And he's bought a new bat. And it, the thing about his bat, it made me laugh. Was he'd said, uh, 
a brand new Batnail, I've got some birthday money. <laughs> like, you know, when you're 13 or 14, I've got some birthday yeah. money. I mean, you can buy, you can buy a Batman you want. But... Go WH Smith's badge and some birthday money. <laughs> I think he's had a Xyphos, hasn't yeah. Grey Nickel Xyphos, which is that's, a bit of a blast from the past. Yeah, that's one of his best bats he ever used, and he scored yeah. most of his runs on there. And so. it broke, didn't he? Remember it breaking? Yeah. Was it t- Tupper the day it broke or something? That wasn't that bad. That was a cheapy... Oh, uh, was that a cheap one? Cookable thing. So, Eddie's keen. Um... Some of the other lads, I mean, the two teams are looking strong, I think. The uh, first team have bolstered their uh, numbers a little bit, which is then going to, in turn, strengthen the second team. And uh, the third team are also, you know, I think, with some good juniors in there, they, they stand a good chance of uh, you know surprising a few as well, hopefully. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody get out there, get the whites back on, get back in the score box. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I've told you this, Neil, but, I've bought um, I bought two walkie-talkies. My fault. So I can talk to the umpires. You're kidding. I have, yeah. It's oh. part it's part of my uh, regime of uh, scoring. I've got to uh, be a bit more proactive. And instead of uh, shouting and roping out the box, I've got to give the old umpires a bit of a click on the walkie-talkie. And they'll say, yes, Richard, what can I do for you? Are you one short on that over? <laughs> And uh, it's good for things like bowler's name instead of shouting that out of the box. Well, you can't just shout bowler's name. It's 20, a bit... 20 yards. Do you ever hear, so, do you ever hear Bill Friendle shout bowler's name out of the box? Well, they know what he was bowling. I know, but it's different. You can't, can't be... You've got to be professional. Well I, well, I bowl quite a bit now, so when I'm bowling, I'll say to whoever's the umpire, just give me that bloody walkie-talkie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at square leg. Winfield! <laughs> yeah. Rich, are you there? It's Winfield. I'm coming on to bowl. <laughs> But uh, anything you, you're not looking forward to, Rick? Uh, probably Neil Bowling. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, I, I was. Um, I don't know if anybody's here, but um, myself and Livo guested on 98 Not Out podcast. Great bunch of lads down there, down in Essex. And uh, we were talking about the season and what we were thinking of. And uh, they, they, uh, they were saying that. They can't wait for the season to start, but come August, they can't wait for it to finish. They're just sick of the sight of some people. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. I mean, you're not sick of the sight of people. That's a bit unfair, but you just, because it's a full on, you know, it's full on when you're involved in a club, especially when you're organising that sort of thing. It it does get to the stage where you think, I just need a rest from this. Because it's day in, day yeah, well, out. Like I say, it's day in, day out. It takes your weekend, all your weekends. It takes yeah. a lot of, you know, if you're organising, it's all your week as well. It's yeah, like, exactly. Just, yeah. It's not just a Saturday. Like, you know, some of the no. players turn up, play the game, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just a, a one-day yeah. gig for, for some people. It it's... would be nice to, to start to see a few more uh, volunteers down the club, uh, not just the usual suspects. And I think this happens across cricket in general, across a lot of clubs. Um they were always could do with more volunteers, but yeah. we're quite lucky at Winstall in a way. We've got some great coaches. We have some new coaches this year. Watto, Steve Watson, and Annabelle Long. They're both going to be coaching the juniors, so we're grateful for them. And uh, we've also got a new scorer, uh, Trevor Sharrett's going to join us. Ex, um, well, he's not ex Kieran's dad. He is Kieran's dad. Kieran's moved away that's what I felt a bit like that but he's Kieran's dad used to play for us and he's going to be scoring pretty much uh, every home game for the for the seconds so uh, myself and him are going on a a PCS Pro 
scoring course at Derbyshire very soon. You and uh, Livo are like media whores, aren't you? On like other podcasts no, and some hotels. No, no, Livo was on the the analyst, weren't he? Not long ago. Yeah, he was on else. Radio Derby, wasn't he? Was last he? Season, yeah. He was with. Uh, he was on, he was on oh, Radio he was. Yeah. He was with Fletch on Radio Derby. He was. I mean. He loves it, though, aren't, you know. I like the lower profile, I Yeah, yeah. Well, you like to go away and do all your shows and yeah. thespianism, as you put it. I like to hide behind a pair of earphones <laughs> and an editing software. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got a face for radio, Rick. I, haven't th- you, I really? thought that, yeah. <laughs> Stumps, ups, and beer pumps. So when's your ground force day? Uh, it's called Get Set Weekend was now. Was it? Uh, yeah, it keeps changing. It was NatWest Cricket Force, Ground Force. That's one that Charlie Dimmitt used to do, I think. It is, uh... Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's called Get Set Weekend. It's on the 1st of April. And uh, we, there's not a lot to do because our superb ground staff, Mick, Harold, Terry and uh, Eddie Mitchell, they'll uh, they'll get everything ready for us. So there'll be just a tiny bit to do down at the ground, like get the scoreboard ready and uh, make sure that's all plugged in and working. And then we've got to go down and set the camera up for the first time. Because you know something, it's amazing how much you forget over... Just, I forget stuff over a weekend, never mind about six months. So uh, I want to go down and re-familiarise myself with the camera. Yeah. And obviously, with Trevor coming on board, I want to show him yeah. how to set it up and train him up a bit and so that we've got coverage for both first and second team. And hopefully, we, you know, we'll try not to miss a game streaming out live to everybody. So uh, that'll be something to look forward to as well. I was just thinking about ground force. It was the three people. Was it Charlie Dimmick? It was Charlie Dimmick. A big bloke. It, it was, was Tommy Walsh. Tommy Walsh. Titchmarsh. Is it Titmarsh or Titchmarsh? I think it's Titch. Titch. I've always called him Titmarsh, to be honest with you. Oh, you're wrong. Well, yeah. obviously watching ground force, you'd got that on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, a, it was the programme of its day. It was like oh, the, the changing rooms for, for, for the guard, Monte, mm. you know. Then what's his name? Was, wouldn't he, didn't he go to the, did the chippy for that? He off Big Brother. It was, yeah, Craig. Yeah. Didn't he end up the chippy on yeah, that? Yeah, Craig, uh, Craig Phillips. Oh, Craig's yeah. first winner, Big Big Brother. Yeah, good knowledge now. Yeah, it's not a quiz, but I'd won this. <laughs> yeah, that was knowledge. a quiz, I won that. <laughs> so, skippers for 2023 season. We've retained Clarkie as first team skipper. And then Duggo is going to be second tier, uh, sorry, first team vice captain. What have we got in second? Uh, we've got Paul Winter carrying on, along with Lee Gunton, in second in command. Yeah. And the and third... third team, it's uh, Mr Flip Flop himself, Matt Waring. Was he vice for the twos last year? Uh, uh, I think he was. He was, yes, he was. And then coming into the fold as third team vice captain is our one and only Ian Meller. Oh, right. So uh, not only is Ian looking after the juniors, he'll be... It'd be sort of overseeing the, some of the juniors and mentoring the juniors in the third team. That'd be quite yeah. good, I think, really. So, uh, mentioning so. flip flops, I saw some uh, customized sliders on online. Did you? Just thinking about Winsor sliders. That's a good I've idea. Yeah. I've seen them. I've yeah. seen them. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen them on Facebook? Oh, I, yes. I have them on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, good idea. Custom Winsor slider shower sliders. Yeah. yeah, I like a slider. Anyway, Greater Manchester are hunting for a drag queen, and the police spokesman said, "We know he has a wig and a dress." <laughs> <laughs> are we done? I think so. So another fantastic interview. Thank you, Toby, for that. It was fantastic. It was uh, quite a, it, quite an insight, I thought as well. Very good, actually. Yeah. And I did like Livo's little uh, Stephen Finn 
Toby's with his better bowling average for a season yeah. than Steve Finn. If he that. hasn't used it already, I don't think it'll be long before he does. So. Oh, it'll be, he'll be straight in with that as soon yeah. as he sees him. Yeah. Just trying to think, who's the most famous player you've played against? Anyone like? Uh, me? Uh, probably a couple. Three, I think. Um, Devon Malcolm. I mean, not cricket-wise. Not cricket oh, famous person. I mean, there's anyone else. I mean, there's not much shock about cricketer playing against a bit better cricketer, is there? You just generally mean a famous yeah, sort of celebrity. Yeah, I, I can't think of one. No, I don't think I've played. Like I played again. No. No. We played, like I said, Devon Malcolm, uh, Latif, I played against. Rashid Latif, Derek Did, Randall. Did you get him out once? Oh, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's mentioned <laughs> no, it. No. That's exactly why no, he's it mentioned it. It wasn't, it wasn't. claim to no, fame it, you got Rashid Latif out. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't want to mention Derek Randall, I played against him. Um no, I can't think of anybody like famous. A, like, like, just like, like a, a Michael Parkinson a celebrity. type figure yeah. or Rod Hall or somebody like yeah. that. Yeah. I'd Wait. like to play against S Club 7. But, uh, well, that's a diff- whole different podcast again. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't now, sorry. No, I don't think they've quite... I don't think we played they. against the England women. I mean, are they celebrities? Yeah, they're, they're the cricketers, aren't they? I spoke well. Can you remember, can you remember we played, who's it paid for us that time? Uh, Martin Taylor, the old yeah, Martin Derby Taylor, keeper. Yeah, Martin Taylor, the old Derby player, yeah. And who's it was there? Uh, can remember, <laughs> was it Lander's mate, Tooney? Yeah, yeah. He goes, where's that bloody Martin Taylor? And he was <laughs> stood in the doorway. <laughs> he goes, I'm here. Remember? I do remember it, yeah. Similar to the old uh, Defratis story, that is, but we'll probably save that for another time. But, uh, yeah, so uh, once again... Thanks for a great episode, and all that remains to be said is, ciao, brethren. Until next time. Waiters. Stumps, umps, and beer pumps. So that's all we've got time for for this edition of Stumps, Umps, and Beer Pumps. Thank you to our special guest today. If you know someone at your club that wishes to come and have a chat with us and talk about your club, then please email us on stumps, umps, and beer pumps at gmail.com. Also, please like and subscribe, and also you can follow us on Twitter. If you've got any questions, any stories or any funny anecdotes, then please again email us on stumpsumpsandbeerpumps at gmail.com. We hope you've enjoyed our tour around Club Cricket Life. So please join us again for more of the same. Thank you very much for listening. This is Stumpsumps and Beer Pumps. So until next time, there's your one for the over. Stumps, umps and beer pumps. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stump, 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 st